1: Dietz & Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.
0: Shop now at DietzAndWatson.com slash the right way.
1: That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Mummy.
0: And I'm Molly.
1: And this is Spelled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any.
0: Today, we are talking about oyster sauce. Yes. Nothing says mid-March like oyster sauce.
1: That's true. (laughs) Tis tis the season of the shellfish.
0: Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. Well, Well, I mean,
1: you're supposed to eat oyster sauce in months with an R in them, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's how it goes. Nailed it. Okay, today's episode was suggested by listener and guest... Kenji, Kenji's last name will be revealed shortly when
1: he joins <laughs> oh, us. Oh wow, what a great tease! I
0: know, I know. Uh, I'll give you guys a hint. You know this guy, and you're going to be okay. very excited to hear from this.
1: Okay, guy. I, I haven't figured it out yet, okay. so so I'm, okay. I'm looking forward to being surprised. Okay,
0: so Matthew, let's let's hit memory lane first. For me, this memory lane is very short. I don't have much of a memory lane of consciously eating things cooked with oyster sauce or cooking with oyster sauce or using oyster sauce myself. However, I think I've probably eaten a lot of oyster sauce in my life and not known it. Sure. Yeah.
1: Is it is it a condiment that you've that you've kept like on hand for cooking? or no no all right um my but
0: i i don't know how i've avoided keeping it on hand because i mean i didn't
1: mean that to sound sound judgmental it
0: shows up in so many important ways in many dishes
1: yeah like sometimes as an ingredient and sometimes just as a companion (laughs) yes To like keep on the counter to make you make you feel warm and fuzzy Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. what about you What's, what's on your oyster sauce memory lane
1: Okay, I've been cooking with this for as long as I can remember, but have never really given it a lot of thought as kind of a standalone player, mm-hmm. except in the context of gai lan, like Chinese broccoli with oyster sauce at dim sum. Mm-hmm. That's, that's like the main place where where like the oyster sauce sort of not stands on its own because it's a condiment for the broccoli, but where that's like the primary flavor in my experience.
0: Did your family go out for dim sum when you were a kid?
1: Yeah, absolutely. At um, I'm trying to remember where Fong Chong Noodle House in Portland.
0: Do you think you would have eaten something with the description, with the description involving oyster sauce? Because you know, in retrospect, that's a really good question. Like looking down my my desolate memory lane, I wonder how much of the fact that I I don't have a lot of conscious memories of oyster sauce has to do with the fact that I wouldn't eat oysters until I was like 30.
1: Yeah, so I feel the same way about oysters and... I, I think it all would have come down to like whether the word oyster yes. sauce was mentioned. Yes. Because like if it was like I did like broccoli as a kid, and so if it was like broccoli with a tasty brown sauce, mm. I am I would have been in. Yeah. If if the word oyster had come up, then maybe not. You would have been out. Right.
0: Opposite uh, of in.
1: Broccoli with oyster sauce. Uh, so like uh, non Chinese broccoli also very good. And uh, and beef with oyster sauce is a dish that I've had and made a number of times.
0: Mm, okay.
1: And that typically, like, also has other seasonings, not just oyster sauce. But oyster sauce is like the star of the show, just like it's the star of this show. It is
0: the star of this show. Um, move over, move over, host Mummy and host Molly. Oyster sauce <laughs> right. is oh, the I new star. I was host mummy.
1: Um, well, I I don't even remember. Like we were t- we were I was making jokes about mummies before we started recording, and that's why I was host Mummy. In case you needed context, yeah, on it that. was
0: only like three minutes ago or something. But in case you forgot,
1: but it feels like it feels like another era.
0: I'm realizing so many things as as we talk oh, about good. oyster sauce here. But one thing I'm realizing is that I think that that my early understanding or my early knowledge of oyster sauce, I think I wasn't even sure that it involved oysters. You know, like Oh yeah, I think this is co- common. You know how like horsey sauce, <laughs> for
1: instance, at Arby's, <laughs> From Arby's
0: does not <laughs> involve horses. <laughs>
1: Um, That you know of
0: (laughs) that I know of. But anyway, I think that it really was not until, you know, pretty, pretty, pretty late here in my ongoing culinary journey that I understood that oyster sauce actually involves oysters.
1: Okay, a couple things. First of all, you've you've been riding a horse recently.
0: I have. I I started uh, taking riding lessons again for the first time in twenty four years.
1: Have you ever stopped off on the way after after your lesson at Arby's for horsey sauce? <laughs> Not just yet. Kind of. Kind of thematically be consistent
0: not yet but i've i haven't I've,
1: been to arby's in so long and i think of myself as not liking arby's but i bet if we went i would enjoy yeah. it right
0: i could go for the curly fries right now actually
1: yeah oh of course arby's famous seasoned curly fries yes okay
0: well so okay so so now that we've established that there are no horses and horsey sauce but there are oysters in oyster sauce let's talk about what oyster sauce actually is
1: I thought of one more memory lane. Oh. Can, I, can I do one more memory lane yeah, before yeah, we yeah. do that? You know where I would have encountered oyster sauce as a kid is at uh, Chang's Mongolian Grill in Portland, which is like Mongolian barbecue place where, uh, you know, you pile your ingredients in a bowl and then you mix up mix up your sauces. Mm. And uh, oyster sauce would have been one of the sauces that you could ladle up. There was like a long period during which like I knew that there were a bunch of sauces and condiments used in Chinese cooking and even like had many of them myself myself. myself before I started to understand like when you would choose one over another and how to combine them. Yeah. Because at the Mongolian barbecue place, I would just kind of like throw in everything. Totally.
0: You were like, this tastes good and this tastes good. And Uh, I like you and I like you. And I could go into the whole Oprah, you get a car thing here, but I'm going to skip that.
1: Yeah, no, every time I went to the Mongolian barbecue place, I got a car, and it it became a problem, because I had to build this big garage, and Jay Leno kept coming over and wanting to drive my cars, and and, uh, Jerry Seinfeld.
0: Once again, we have the most current pop culture references. Jay Leno-
1: I made one the other day that I was that it, I was like, this would have been uh, this joke expired in 1991 and like should not have ever have been heard after that. But I can't remember what it was. And it's just as well.
0: OK, well, if no, if you think of it like I want to know. <laughs> OK, so you let right. you let me know. OK, so, Matthew, I want to tell everybody about oyster sauce because I found it interesting to learn about oyster sauce. Please do. So oyster sauce in short is any number of sauces made by cooking oysters. And there are like European oyster sauces, which were commonly used in the 1800s in French and English cooking, but we are not gonna talk about those, all right? What we are talking about today is I think what most of the world thinks of when they think of the words oyster sauce, which is a a kind of thick, kind of ketchup textured, dark mm-hmm. brown condiment that is commonly used in cooking in China, Thailand, Malaysia, Vietnam, Cambodia, I'm sure other other places I'm missing.
1: Yeah, you know, there's some like nerdy phrase that people use for ketchup, like like it's a non-Newtonian fluid or like like non-Euclidean geometry or something. Is that... Are,
0: <laughs> it's an it, is, isosceles Does that apply to triangle. oyster sauce too?
1: It's an, yeah, it's an is, isosceles. Yeah. Uh,
0: it's a sauce. Oyster, <laughs> uh, oyster... sauce. Oh my God. I'm moving oyster right on now, triangle. Matthew, yeah, I'm yeah. leaving this uh-huh. behind. All right. So Matthew, <laughs> at this point in our discussion of what oyster sauce is, we're going to time travel for a second here. Oh, yeah, get ready. Is
1: this where is this where we have our get our opportunity to once again, like, uh, Ride the if we way could back use machine. a time machine one time, say what we would do?
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: Because I, I know mine. <laughs> I would go back to 1991. I would make <laughs> that joke. No one would laugh at it even back then. And then I'd slink back to the present if it had a slink function on the time machine.
0: Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go back to the late 1800s instead. And I'm going to go back to the invention of oyster sauce and, and see if the story, the origin story of oyster sauce is true or not, because... Oyster sauce is one of those foods that, like, supposedly started out as an accident. People love to tell these stories about food, right? People love accidents. They do. (laughs) They do. They just can't Um, look away. (laughs) Oyster sauce dates to the late 1800s. As legend has it, in 1888, this guy named Li Sheng was running his food stall in Nanshui, which is in the modern day Guangdong province when he forgot about this pot of oyster soup that he was making. Mm-hmm. And when he remembered it many hours later, I mean, I, I don't know how he managed to work in this food stall without noticing the pot of oyster soup. Well, there but, were
1: probably a lot of other things boiling.
0: <laughs> when he remembered it many hours later, it had reduced to a thick brown paste he didn't want to waste mm-hmm. it. I presume maybe oysters were a delicacy oh, yeah, no, then, b- as they are then, now. Back
1: like, then, a popular motto was, don't waste the paste.
0: Don't waste the paste. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he didn't want to waste it. So he decided to to sell this brown stuff. And he tasted it beforehand. And he found it
1: Do deeply- taste the paste. <laughs> he found
0: it deeply savory you know you can imagine it mm-hmm. had a caramelized quality I'm super glad you specified savory. that he
1: decided to taste it before <laughs> selling, selling it
0: yeah yeah I mean I sell a brown paste all the time but I'm not gonna taste it
1: no uh,
0: this guy is a way better person than I am anyway he decided to sell it as a seasoning for rice here in his mm-hmm. food stall and it was a huge hit so he set up his oh, own... Co-
1: that reminds me. I was going to make rice to taste with oyster sauce, and I forgot.
0: Yeah, I brought some crackers into the closet okay, to, to cleanse my palate. He set up his own company, which I think every single listener we have has probably seen on their grocery store mm-hmm. shelves, because this company is the oyster sauce company. It's called Lee Kum Kee, and it was created by our friend Lee Kum Shung in the late 1800s. He set up this company to sell his sauce to all corners of China. And in the century since, it's become one of the largest food companies in the world. Oh, I
1: definitely have, I would say, at least five Lee Kum Kee products in my home at, at this time.
0: Yeah, I was at the grocery store this morning and couldn't believe, even just in a grocery store that doesn't have a great variety of... Of ingredients for cooking Asian cuisines, they had four different types of sauces made by Lee Kum Kee. Nice. So, yeah, oyster sauce is where it all began. Today they sell something like 200 different sauces. Anyway, so apparently. You know, wh- whether or not you believe this accidental discovery of, of oyster sauce, the way that oyster sauce was made in the early days was pretty much like that. Uh, when they started okay. making it commercially, they would boil oysters in these huge iron basins for half an hour. And then they'd remove the oysters to uh, like rattan, to like a sheet of rattan uh, to dry them out. I-, I don't know what they did with them afterward. I, um, I assume
1: they were that. they were sold as dried oysters, which like uh, you know if you go to into a Chinese supermarket, you can find all kinds of, of dried shellfish, like dried scallops, which are used for making XO sauce. But also also all of these things can be wonder, used as ingredients or just snacked on.
0: I wonder how much flavor they still have though after being boiled for half an hour. That was I, well, what I was a, interested in.
1: Probably some, and B like we've talked about before that like in Chinese cuisine, like foods that are pure texture are much more popular. Than in mm. Western cuisine.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. At any rate, the water that remained in the basins, like this oyster cooking water, was then reduced to what Wikipedia describes as a blackish sauce.
1: It's kind of like a like an oyster demigloss.
0: Uh, yeah, it sounds like it. I bet it. it's
1: not made this way anymore. <laughs>
0: Uh, It is not made this way anymore. So today, you know what what is thought of as true oyster sauce of good quality should be still made by like oyster with oyster extract. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the the broth that is produced by boiling oysters in water, apparently the the broth gets kind of opaque and white, sort of like clam juice that you would buy. Okay, that makes sense. And then it's reduced until you get to the desired viscosity, and it caramelizes naturally to a brown color. So in true oyster sauce, apparently, uh, this is again according to Wikipedia, there shouldn't be other additives. So it would just be that, like, reduced oyster extract.
1: I bet you can still get oyster sauce made this way, like, at a, you know, a luxury food store in Hong Kong, and I bet it's, like, $50.
0: Oh, yeah. I bet it is prohibitively expensive. So today there are, you know, as, as we might guess, a bunch of shortcuts that allow us to get, like, a similarly flavored sauce more quickly and cheaply. So good ones still use oyster extract, preferably as the first ingredient. But there's also a base made from sugar and salt and thickened with cornstarch. Some types, and and I don't know if these are ones that our guests today would recommend or that you would recommend, but some are, they have added flavorings like soy sauce or MSG to give a Mm -hmm. deeper flavor and color. Sometimes they have caramel color. Um, But you know, in high quality oyster sauce, it'll be naturally dark from the reducing process.
1: I mean, this is something that I think about a lot. You taught us about, like, the original oyster sauce, like, the real stuff made Mm -hmm. of nothing but, like, oysters and water boiled down until it's, like, an impossibly savory paste. Mm -hmm. And, like that is in in a sense the real stuff and yet like the oyster sauce that that you and I and probably everyone else on earth has have been eating yeah. like all all their lives is is mostly going to be the stuff made with a little bit of oyster extract and a lot of MSG and sugar mm-hmm. and caramel color and like on the one hand, that seems, like, not ideal, but on the other hand, it is tasty, and, like, like the dishes that we make with it are, like, designed with that type of sauce in mind, I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think if there's anything analogous to this in, you know, uh, any other foods that we encounter this same way. I mean...
1: Yeah, I think there must
0: be. Like foods where the original idea is far too expensive or difficult and and so we've all become accustomed to a modified yeah, version. Yeah, I'm going
1: to I'm going to think of it.
0: Okay, great. Well, anyway, like... Lee Kum Kee uh, still uses oyster in their oyster sauce. They're just using extracts, but that's about the best you can do these days, as we're discussing. Yeah,
1: and I know Lee Kum Kee has like s- at least 3 different Levels of oyster sauce, mm-hmm. uh, like like the the cheapest one that has the panda on the label, the mm-hmm. next one up that has like a like a person in a boat. It has
0: two people in a boat, and two that's the in premium a oyster sauce, right? And then I
1: think there's a there's one above that that like comes in a small jar, maybe, but I could could be thinking of a different sauce.
0: Well, in any maybe case, our guest will know something that I learned while researching this episode is that like. A lot of oyster sauces are labeled oyster flavored sauce and ah. and that isn't necessarily apparently like a sign that it's that things are not good in there but y- you just whatever you do you need to check the ingredient list and only purchase ones that contain actual extracts or actual oyster extract preferably as the first okay. ingredient so anyway, Matthew, this stuff. I mean, we're going to be doing a full-on tasting here, a blind tasting. Oh, I'm excited! Yeah, but how would you, just off the top of your head, like describe the flavor that oyster sauce gives to things? So that's a really good question.
1: You know, I used to I used to live in in New York for a short time, and uh, and really enjoyed like the corner Chinese-American restaurant that you would order from near your house, near your apartment in New York, like every place, any any neighborhood in New York, like there is going to be one on your street. And typically, there will be dishes made with a sauce that is just called brown sauce. Okay. And I think oyster sauce is key to that brown sauce flavor. And... It's got, like, a flavor element and a textural element because, like, you know, like hoisin sauce, it's got a viscosity to it that carries through into the finished dish and the texture of the sauce Mm -hmm. in the finished dish. And so, like, if you're using oyster sauce or hoisin sauce, like, you don't need to use as much starch to thicken a dish. And so that's Mm – and it has, like, a different – because the viscosity is coming from, like – probably like pure like like more refined starches than cornstarch and sugar. it's gonna it's gonna have like a kind of a smoother mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. texture to it. but the flavor itself like I, I just like it doesn't taste like oysters it just tastes kind of savory and brown.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. It has a sweetness to it that I had mm-hmm. not thought about before. So like okay so as a kid I loved beef with snow peas beef with broccoli oh, yeah would there have been oyster sauce in that do you think
1: maybe like i think of a beef and snow peas as being like more more lightly sauced than that like to preserve like the color and flavor of the snow peas but i don't know like what kind of sauce did it have
0: it was definitely like a a, a brown you know a translucent brown slurry
1: yeah i i think probably oyster sauce was in there
0: Great! That, I'll take that as a yes.
1: Uh, beef and snow piece. is like. Doesn't that I, sound I'm so craving good? some now.
0: Oh, yeah, it we're recording so good.
1: this. We're recording this like right before lunchtime, and like it, it practically is my lunchtime at this point. And uh, like we're gonna be like tasting some small amounts of oyster sauce and eating crackers. Apparently, so I'm gonna get real hungry. <laughs> yeah. Like. What was the thing we were talking about the other day? Uh, oh no, sorry. That that wasn't you. That was something I was talking about with my brother.
0: Oh <laughs> sorry. I hate it when you when you mistake me for your brother.
1: Like I do I do two podcasts and sometimes like I don't know which one I'm doing at any given time. Like it's I, cool. I just don't know. It's out. cool. Like, sometimes
0: I mistake you for my sister. That's cool. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem.
1: Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Today, we are thrilled to welcome J. Kenji Lopez-Alt. Kenji is a wildly popular New York Times food columnist and the chief culinary advisor for Serious Eats, and he's also the author of the acclaimed book The Food Lab. You may also know him from his YouTube show Kenji's Cooking Show, which has more than a million subscribers. Molly, we've got like a few million subscribers, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, let's not tell Kenji, but yeah, our show is... Huge.
1: He's (laughs) also written a New York Times bestselling children's book called Every Night is Pizza Night. And his latest book is The Walk, Recipes and Techniques, which just came out on March 8th and is probably already a blockbuster by now.
0: Yes. And I (laughs) I wanted to add a little something to your bio, which is that I love that in all the bios I saw of you online that you never fail to mention that you are a parent and that one of (laughs) your jobs, sometimes even your primary job, is is being a parent. Anyway, I just wanted to say thank you thank you to you and also to matthew who has been a stay-at-home parent as well for like normalizing the fact that parenting is a real job for all kinds of people of all genders
2: <laughs> oh yeah I, no, I mean i feel like when you're <laughs> when, when you're a parent it's like you, you know it's like how vegans want everyone to know they're vegan yes. um, <laughs> i feel like when you're a stay-at-home parent you do uh, you do want everyone to know that like <laughs> You don't just
0: screw around all day. Yeah, that. but
1: luckily, my, my kid is 18 now and doesn't require any more care or intervention on my part, according to them. And so my job here is done. 18. Wow.
0: Matthew, you have successfully, though, raised a child. I've successfully to raised a child
1: and, and now never need to deal with that ever again for any reason.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so getting back to oyster sauce. Yeah. Let's um, do it. Kenji, what made you think to suggest oyster sauce for today's episode?
2: Oh, you- well. The, the reason is actually because um, there has been this kind of like online buzz about this brand of oyster sh- oyster sauce. I apologize, my my mouth is numb because I just came from the sure. dentist, so I'm going to slur slur some words. Um, there's been this online buzz from people in the know about this brand of oyster sauce called Mega Chef. Yes, yes. Which um, Grace Young, amazing Chinese food writer, great person. Um, she has come out saying that Mega Chef is a great is a great brand of oyster sauce, better than the Lee Kum Kee, who are the people who mm-hmm. supposedly invented oyster sauce. Um so I thought it'd be interesting to taste them blind because I've tasted them side by side and I have my own opinions on this, but I thought it'd be interesting to give you guys some blind samples. Okay. So that you can try them and we could see what people think of yeah. them. Yeah. I'm excited to do this.
0: I'm interested to hear this about Mega Chef because when we did a fish sauce episode, we talked a bit about Mega Chef Fish sauce, yeah, uh, you know, among, among other things. So th- our listeners cannot see this, but I am holding up a little stack of what look like uh, containers you might get takeout salad dressing in. Kenji dropped these off for me and for Matthew, and they are numbered. We're going to do a blind tasting of oyster sauces here. It's actually
2: double blind because what I did was I at home I, I have I have four containers also larger containers that I divided oyster sauces into and I labeled them ABCD and then I had my wife come into the room and label them one two three four and not tell me which one is the is which number I'm so so proud of myself I just
1: successfully unraveled one of the two pieces of tape holding them together
0: <laughs> no th- this is going great it's just really it's just really noisy <laughs> give me a sec
1: all right yeah step step one phase one complete moving on to sinister
2: phase two.
0: Okay, I'm ready. This is so exciting.
2: <laughs> when we're done with this, I'm going to have to text my wife and ask her to send me the key so that we know is which one is. Is she just like which, standing by just just for this responsibility? <laughs> <laughs> she no, she's she's she works nine to five, so she's she's on her computer. So I, actually, I don't even know if she'll respond, okay. but we'll, hopefully she will.
1: <laughs> yeah. Wow. What if it just remains a mystery?
0: <laughs> I love that you were so thorough with this. You don't even have access to the key. This is really. <laughs> What we will do for food journalism? Okay, are we beginning with number one? And how are we going to do this tasting?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think we can begin with one, number one. I don't know. What do you do? Do we um, do you, do you cup oyster sauce? <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> like wa- warm up your hands, and <laughs> I don't know. I, I I think we just taste it. I don't think you have to ask. Yeah, or anything. I thought I got okay. a spoon,
1: but I didn't. So I might just use my finger. And as a palate cleanser, I have I have uh, Santita's brand tortilla chips. Just so I can choose the loudest food possible that's also in the loudest bag.
0: I think we should kind of smell first,
1: Mm -hmm. for
2: sure.
0: Okay, and ask questions later. Number one first.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna smell number one first. Okay, I like the smell of it. It's kind of caramelly. It's oh yeah,
0: pretty straightforward compared well, I spoiler alert I Matthew and I both made uh, a recipe from your new book last night mm. this oyster sauce tastes different from the one I use.
1: okay, okay. interesting. see because I this one like tastes to me like what I think of as like supermarket brand oyster sauce like not not very
2: much oyster flavor but yeah. like thick and sweet and caramelly
1: mm-hmm.
2: it has I mean it does have that like you know oyster sauce always has that balance of sweet and salty yes and then like lots of umami like lots of like kind of msg-ish flavor okay
0: what about number two
2: yeah i don't think any of these are going to be bad
0: oh number means. two has a much um it has more of like a oyster funk like a cooked oyster funk oh smell.
2: very much so yeah when you smell it for sure how about
0: oh flavor too this one is oh yeah much more complex much more yeah i think
1: it's saltier than the first one mm-hmm. like the the salt the mm-hmm. salty to sweet balance is more on the salty side Um, Mm -hmm. like I, I, I like this one much better than number one.
2: It has the smell of like when you, um, when you grill oysters, like the, like grilled oyster shell brine. Mm -hmm. Okay. I need, I need to like pause for a little palate cleanser.
0: Okay. Yeah. I'm going to eat a cracker.
2: Mm -hmm. I'm drinking some Coke because while I was getting my dental cleaning. Your dentist recommended Coke. (laughs) Yeah. I listened to your Coke flavors Mm -hmm. episode and I realized I haven't had like original Coca-Cola in years i usually get coke zero yeah raspberry coke zero from the freestyle machine which i was surprised you didn't well i don't know if you tried it but i'm surprised you didn't mention it, was, it because it's it's the best flavor
0: oh we we tried raspberry coke it was very jammy mm. like it tasted mm-hmm. like raspberry jam to me okay are we going on to number three this one also has a more oystery cooked oyster kind of smell we're mm-hmm.
1: on number three right mm-hmm. yeah whoa Oh, yeah.
0: This one is even saltier.
1: Does it seem more viscous to you also? I think so, yeah. Uh, Like, just just based on, like, tilting the container.
0: This one had a real, like, tang. It kind of zinged at Mm -hmm. the tip of my tongue.
1: This is so interesting. Mm -hmm. I I feel like this, this confirms, like, every time we do a tasting of things that you would expect might be indistinguishable in flavor, never turn out to be indistinguishable in flavor.
0: Okay.
2: I feel like it has, like, a little bit more... Bitter seafood flavor. Like, um, you know, like when you eat a clam, it's like sweet at the beginning and then bitter. At yeah. The end, it has a little more
1: of that I feel like we've traveled a gradient from like one to two to three. Like they're they're getting like funkier and saltier as we go.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Let's see if that trend continues.
0: Oh, whoa. Number four smells so different.
1: The trend didn't continue. This one is yeah. back to smelling very, very <laughs> sweet and mild.
0: What is this smell? It's almost like a burnt sugar smell.
1: That's what it is. Like this one, this one tastes like more caramel than anything else.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Hang on. Oh.
2: Hmm. That still doesn't taste bad.
1: Oh, no, none right? of them are bad, by any means. Like, we were saying before you came on that, like, that a lot of the the dishes that, that, like, I have very fond memories of, like, when I lived in New York and, like, getting at the at the neighborhood Chinese-American restaurant are certainly made mm-hmm. with, like, the, the, the cheapest level of Lee Kum Kee oyster sauce. And, like, that mm-hmm. stuff is not made with very much oyster, but it's not bad at all. Right.
0: My guess is that number two... Is sort of the the least expensive grocery store product, maybe with the least amount of oyster extract.
1: Number two. Interesting.
0: Sorry, number one. Hmm. Number one. I'm sorry. Number Number one. one. Either, I'm going to guess that, so last night I used Lee Kum Kee Premium Oyster Sauce.
2: That's the one with the boy, the boy Mm -hmm. on the boat.
0: And I'm guessing that that is either number two or number three, maybe two. Mm-hmm. and number four I really don't know what the story is with number four
1: I can I guess yeah. yeah here's my guess of what we tasted just based on what I know about the oyster sauce market which uh, as a commodities trader is a lot <laughs> <laughs> I think we tasted Lee Kumkey, like uh, like basic panda label one Lee Kumkey mm-hmm. premium the Thai Macro, and the Mega Chef uh,
2: yeah I, I can't remember the Thai brand but one of these yeah. is a Thai oyster sauce yeah so there's Mega Chef, the two Lee Kum Kies and a tie. Okay, here's my guess. I think okay. one and four are both Lee
1: Kum Kee And that the and that the premium is not that different from the from the non premium. And that two and three are Mega Chef and and the Thai brand, but I would not have any idea which is which that's my guess okay on the other hand i'm also not going to be surprised if if macra is uh turns out to be super sweet
2: and mild
0: i feel very <laughs> certain that number two is lee kumke premium
2: interesting that number two is lee kumke premium mm-hmm. okay.
0: Okay. okay 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 kenji you got to find if, yeah, out Yeah. if you us. if you
2: can't get this information <laughs> i might have to run downstairs for a second can you give me like five seconds to run down yeah. Right. yeah 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 absolutely <laughs>
0: Okay, Matthew, I, I'm going to be so bummed. I haven't been any
1: more excited about anything in months.
0: I have no words for what I'm feeling in this moment. Oh, my God, I think he's coming back. Hopefully he has a paper. Oh, my God. Here he comes. I can't wait. I'm so excited. Woo-hoo! I can't wait. Oh, man.
2: <gasps> okay. Okay. okay, so number one was Mega Chef. Oh, okay.
0: Oh, wow.
2: Number two was Lee Kum Kee Cheap Panda. Okay. Okay. All right. Number three was Lee Kum Kee Premium. Okay. Wow. And then number four was the tie. So so
1: I was ex- as wrong as I could have possibly been. <laughs> I can't
0: believe- That is believe so, it. so Matthew- interesting. Well,
2: you grouped the Lee Kum Kee's together. Matthew,
0: I feel like you uh, you usually have a more discerning palate than I do, and I am shocked that I- I don't think that's I- true. I mean, I mixed up which Lee Kum Kee was which, but I called them as two and three.
2: I, I think it's also not necessarily a palate, but more just that you have an association with Lee Kum Kee being, I don't know, faker. Or, or maybe that Mega Chef's you know, re- reputation precedes it and you assume that it's going to be the,
1: right. the stronger okay, so tasting what, one. So what have we, you know, Kenji, we have a segment on the show called What Have We Learned? A segment that yeah. doesn't what really exist. What have we
0: learned? <laughs> I mean, like, is it a good thing that the Lee Kum Kee ones are so much more assertively oystery
2: I mean personally I think it is like you know I've yeah I, have, I do too I do like the Lium key and so th- so actually this was this was uh, you know I was honestly surprised when I got the bottle of mega Chef and I and unblind tasted them myself um, a couple months ago because I thought the Lium key was actually much more oystery. Tasting, but you know, but that was not a blind taste test. But now, now that you two have also tasted, I'm like, oh, I guess it is more oyster y. What what dish did you guys cook from the book? We both made the uh, the noodles with butter and oyster sauce. Okay, yeah. So so noodles with oyster sauce and some kind of like steamed green is just like the simplest sort of low main dish yeah. in China, right? Like you boil noodles and then you put oyster sauce, a little bit of the cooking water, or maybe some stock, and then uh, some greens. Um, and so that's like a real simple way. To have a well, a delicious bowl of noodles, but also to kind of just taste your oyster sauce, right? In Thailand, like a very common dish would be water spinach or broccoli yes. with um, little bits of crispy pork belly and oyster sauce, stir fried in oyster sauce also common in in china to have like greens with um blanched greens with oyster sauce um there's there's a great recipe if you go to um walks of life they have a really great recipe for blanched romaine Mm. with an oyster sauce which is like i I stumbled upon it because um well I i think i saw it on their instagram and they're like whenever you buy romaine you get those like three packs of romaine heads and then you make like a caesar salad and you're like oh crap now i have to eat two more caesar salads um, and they're like, when you do that, instead, just like cook the romaine um, and cover it in oyster sauce. And they like, I, I exactly had in my pantry, in my fridge, like a bag of <laughs> yeah. a three pack of romaine heads with two of them left over that I didn't know what to do. Um, but when you cook it, it's really good, and it and it goes great with oyster sauce and. Um, it becomes much smaller so you don't have to eat it I anytime. had that dish
1: uh that was like the most memorable dish at, that I had at uh like a high end dim sum place in Hong Kong a few years mm. ago that like you know I had like really good versions of dishes that I f- was familiar with and then like this this sort of like like cast iron plate with some like sizzling greens and as soon as I tasted it mm-hmm. and, like like the texture like oh this is lettuce
2: isn't it and yeah yeah
1: it was it was fantastic yeah
2: hot lettuce it, it's it, so like in China and a lot of parts of Asia it's like it it would you would never have raw right vegetables right you, you would always cook them like iceberg lettuce romaine lettuce whatever your greens are you would cook them whereas here it's like it's weird it, the the concept of eating hot lettuce yeah. is weird stir fried um, cucumbers also good
0: we should do a whole episode on hot lettuce
2: we should do yeah. or hot, <laughs> hot vegetables then
1: that- well that the episode will be called you you didn't know how hot it could get. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll call it hot lettuce. I think we should. Hot I lettuce. think we should do a hot lettuce episode because like grilled
2: romaine is so good too. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Other other oyster sauce dishes. Um, so very common in like Chinese American cuisine. So like, if you're familiar, are you familiar with um, Springfield style cashew chicken? Oh, I've heard of it, but I have never had it. So it comes from Springfield, Missouri, um, and so it's basically like Southern style fried chicken. That's served with oyster sauce and fried cashews, um, and it's a it's a fry. It's one of those sort of crispy, saucy Chinese American dishes that predates every other. It's like older than General Tso's. It's older than than like crispy mm-hmm. orange beef, or orange chicken. Like it, it's one of the. It's the earliest um, Chinese American crispy saucy dish, but it said the sauce for it is essentially um, just kind of doctored up oyster sauce that you drizzle on. I
1: wonder top. why it didn't it didn't penetrate beyond Springfield, Missouri, because it seems like something everyone would enjoy, right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I've never been to Springfield, Missouri, but from what I understand and from watching documentaries and reading it, it's like everywhere in Springfield. Um, but yeah. yeah, I don't know why it hasn't hasn't come elsewhere.
0: Is oyster sauce involved in versions of chicken rice, like Hainanese chicken rice?
2: Yes, it's it's common to have oyster sauce as a mm-hmm. dipping sauce okay. on the side for okay. that. Um, very often, yeah, yeah.
0: Where does it show up in Thai cooking?
2: Okay, so the, I would say the two the two dishes most familiar to Americans that you would find it is um, stir fried mm-hmm. greens, so, so generally like water spinach or or, or broccoli with the crispy pork. In um, oyster sauce—that's one dish—and then also um, in pad kra so yeah. like ground pork stir-fried with oyster sauce, soy sauce, and basil. Okay, those would be like the two real yeah. classic uses of Thai oyster sauce. Okay, I was—I uh, was wondering if you were going to throw a uh,
1: a vegetarian oyster sauce in as a ringer. I didn't. Have you, no. have, you ever, have you tasted <laughs> um, it
2: straight? I, I can't remember the last time I have. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure I have yeah. at some point, but I can't remember the last time I did.
1: OK, so so we we tasted these four oyster sauces and like they easily fell into two categories, sort of like the the sweet, sweet and mild versus versus the funkier and saltier. Like now that you mm-hmm. know this, are you going to use this information as the basis for choosing an oyster sauce to use for a
2: particular dish? And if so, how? I mean, I tend to always like, you know, I don't like having like a zillion. I mean, I do like having a zillion things in my kitchen. <laughs> yeah, but- <I> do too. <laughs> I don't need more than <coughs> yeah. one bottle of oyster sauce in my kitchen, I think. Um, so, I, I mean, I generally always have the the uh, the Lee Kum Ki, Kee yeah. premium um, at home, and I would use that for virtually everything. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I can't personally think of a situation where I'd want to use the others. You know, although I guess the Thai oyster sauce does have a kind of distinctly sweeter, more caramelly flavor that maybe would go better um, if you're really looking for, like, to recreate that you know, that Thai street food or, the, or whatever it is from your, your restaurant, uh, your favorite restaurant. Um, right. Then maybe you would p- have some Thai oyster sauce on the side as well. But, um, but I make those dishes with the Lee Kum Kee stuff and they taste good to me. Yeah, me too.
0: I'm so surprised by the mega chef. I'm really surprised. I think that it, I would not even identify it necessarily as oyster sauce. It, it doesn't taste, it doesn't have any oyster flavor to me.
2: I'm going to look up the ingredients for you mm-hmm.
1: right. Yeah, cuz I will often buy the the Thai brand because because like years ago someone told me that's the best you should get this one and uh, I didn't like really do any experimentation beyond that but like lee kumki is what i have in my fridge right now and i feel good about buying that in the future either the uh original or the premium because i thought they were both the ones
2: with the most flavor Mm -hmm. yeah hey so okay so looking at mega chef so mega chef is also a thai brand so you know so part of these flavors could also differences could also just be that yeah that's true thai oyster sauces tend to be less oystery and more sort of sugary caramelly but If you look at the ingredients of Mega Chef, it has the shortest ingredient ingredient list of all of them, I think. Um, Yeah.
1: Oyster extract,
2: water, sugar, salt, salt, cornstarch, and potassium sorbate, like a preservative. Whereas Lee Kum Kee premium sauce is also oyster extract, sugar, water, MSG. Right. And then basically everything else is the same. Salt, cornstarch, flour, and caramel.
1: Colors. Yeah, so I guess I don't I don't want to say that like uh, you know that we are we are like picking on the sauces that are like tuned for Thai cuisine mm-hmm. rather than the ones that are tuned toward the flavors of, of Chinese cuisine and saying one one is better than the other.
0: Well personally, I struggle a little bit with the how very oystery. I mean, I like oysters, but I struggle okay. a little <laughs> bit with how very oystery the Li Kum Ki is. So actually, I mean I think I would be more inclined to enjoy If a dish is like very oyster sauce forward, I think I'd be more inclined to enjoy it with one of these two Thai oyster sauces than Mm -hmm. the Lee Kum Kee. But it is interesting to think about because I think I figured that oyster sauce was going to be best or like most correct somehow if it were the most oystery one. Mm
1: -hmm. All right. Well, you, you blew our minds, Kenji. Thank you. Now but now like you you've you've like set a, a standard that you that you could not possibly live up to because I'm expecting like another sauce delivery tomorrow it's yeah. gonna be just as illuminating. I was
0: actually just kind of wondering when Kenji was gonna come like today. And and bring like all the chili crisp for our next episode.
1: Yeah, which mm. we're
0: doing in a minute.
1: <laughs> all right, Kenji, anything about oyster sauce that uh, that you'd like to add that we that we didn't get to,
2: and also tell us about your new book. Um, well, one actually, one useful thing I found yeah, yeah. about oyster sauce. Um, so, I, I mean, I cook a lot of Japanese food at home, but currently, um, because we have a new baby in the house who has like severe intestinal issues, um, sure. Um, Audrey, who's um, you know breastfeeding him, uh, is on like a very restricted diet, so we can't have we can't have uh, corn protein, wheat protein. Uh, milk or dairy. Um, so soy sauce has become like a thing that we can't use at home. Um, okay. And the other day I was uh, I was braising daikon, which I typically do in dashi with sure. mirin and soy sauce. Um, okay. And then I was like, oh, shoot, I can't put the soy sauce in here. Um, but I tried using some oyster sauce in place of the mirin and soy sauce because it has that same kind of you know, the sweetness of the, of the mirin and the savoriness of the soy sauce. And that actually worked really well. Um, so that would be my one very esoteric- um, Okay, yeah, that <laughs> sounds good. Use of oyster sauce is that if you can't have soy protein and you are braising daikon, or, or perhaps even braising other things- uh, oyster sauce is a good substitute.
0: <laughs> nice. Okay.
2: I mean, I do feel like especially like the the less oystery
1: ones, like could be a thing that like, you know, you can how you can add a tablespoon of fish sauce to any stew mm-hmm. uh from any cuisine and it's going to make it better. I feel like that could work with uh as long as you didn't mind a little
2: sweetness. sweetness we, yeah. We, if if you think of like Chinese American food, it it is like the base flavor of a lot of super common dishes. Like like beef with yes. broccoli is made with yep. oyster sauce. Um
1: yeah, no. We were talking before before you got here about how like when I would get Chinese American takeout in New York, like often often like uh, it's like such and such with brown sauce. Right. And I think that that was that was developed as a euphemism, like before people were ready to hear, uh, you know, non Chinese customers yeah, were yeah. ready to hear with <laughs> oyster sauce.
2: Yeah, right? it would be some combination of like oyster sauce, wine, Chinese wine, soy sauce, yep. sugar, and then like you know some sautéed aromatics. But that that's like the flavor I think that permeates right. most Chinese American um especially like I think New York style Chinese American yep. stuff okay. all right tell us tell us about the walk um uh, the walk is my new book when is this airing is it already out I guess it's already, it's already out. out
0: it's already out
2: oh cool all right it's already out um thank you everybody who bought it everybody in the world who bought it the first week it came out I don't have to tell you about it because you've all already read it but uh it's it's a book about cooking in a walk um, that uh, is aimed primarily at a English speaking audience that grew up in the West um, and so is familiar with um, all sorts of Asian cuisines, um, but might not be quite familiar with sort of the techniques that you use in a wok. Um, Because, you know, I think one of the one of the big misconceptions about wok cooking is that in order to cook well in a wok, you need this like super high powered Chinese restaurant burner. Right. Um, And, you know, I don't know exactly where that misconception stems, but I I think it largely has to do with the same reason that I had the misconception, which is that my idea of what Chinese food is was colored by the fact that I grew up going only to Chinese restaurants. Right. I didn't have a home Chinese cook. I I went to Chinese restaurants and I went mostly to Chinese restaurants that were influenced by sort of Cantonese and Hong Kong style cuisine, which often do use really high heat. So dishes like. Um, like beef chow fun, where you get that like super mm-hmm. smoky wok flavor. Un- unless you do some, you know, secret tips and t- techniques and tricks that I that I the- uh, demonstrate in my book. Um, yes. Unless you do those, you don't get that smoky flavor. But, um, right. you know, there are, there are hundreds of millions of people in the world who cook in woks every day that don't cook in restaurant kitchens. They just cook in their right. home kitchen. Um, and so, you know, the wok... I've had the same wok since I was in college, so 20-something years. It's, like, by far the most useful and used pan in my kitchen. I use it multiple times a week. I've used it, like, I used it to cook for myself in college. I used it to cook when I was single and, like, had dinner parties. Um, I use it to feed my family now. Um, So it's just a super versatile inexpensive pan that you have this one pan and a spatula and you can make this you can make like hundreds of different dishes um and uh you know and it's not just stir fries you can braise you can simmer you can make noodles you can make rice it's just like a super versatile tool
0: awesome well congratulations on the book's release
2: Thank you. I have a running dad joke
1: about my wok, which uh, is that uh, like once a week or so um, after after cooking something in the wok, I say, hey, the seasoning on this wok is starting to get really good. And I've had it for 12 years (laughs) (laughs) cooking, cooking probably two or three times a week for 12 years. (laughs) And it's true. The seasoning is getting really good now.
2: That is a good dad joke. I, I should take that one. Yeah, please. It's, you can have it.
1: Because as you know, my, my parenting responsibilities are now done.
2: Do you want to hear my favorite dad joke? Yes. We'll, we'll determine that after hearing that. <laughs> how, do you, how do you know when something is a dad joke? Yeah. How? It's a parent. Oh, uh,
0: that's a really good one. Uh, I like that all one. All
1: right. <laughs> okay. Kenji lopez All, thank you for joining us on Spilled Milk. <laughs> Thanks for having me.
0: Well, that was delightful. Yeah, I feel um, like I
1: learned so I mean, I learn a lot whenever Kenji comes on the show, but like when he when he delivers sauces, I learn even more.
0: Yeah, let's see if we can get him to deliver more sauces.
1: Yeah, let's let's make a goal. Like, you know, you know okay. how like you write down your goals, the universe makes them happen. Let's make a goal that like one year from now. No, let's be realistic. 2 years from now we will have lured kenji into like his job right now is like youtube personality best selling author food columnist right
0: okay 2
1: years from I now i can't wait somehow his job will have turned into like delivery person like courier who just who just like delivers who stuff who just to,
0: delivers sauces yeah and
1: like somehow like it like it, it, it like so smoothly has has like transitioned from his current job that he won't even notice the moment when like it's crossed over into full time courier.
0: I think he's going to be really excited to hear about this. We'll get
1: him. We'll get him like a like a truck, like a like a uh, what colors of truck are already? I taken? was
0: thinking you were going to get him a fixed gear bike.
1: We'll get him a fixie bike.
0: Mm-hmm. He's going to love riding all over town in that. That and guy's pretty he's hip. Definitely... He probably already has
1: one. Ugh, yeah. That's true. Okay. Okay. Let's go into segments and let's begin and end with our segment now, but wow.
0: Oh, great. Okay. Well, my Now But Wow is a book that just came out on February 22nd. I pre ordered this book like six months ago. Okay. I heard wonderful things about it uh, from Emma Straub, oh, author. Books and are magic. Books are magic. Anyway, the book is called The Swimmers by Julie Otsuka. And it's a novel. And Matthew, you're going to think it sounds pretty depressing here when I describe the copy to you. Well, I have However, a big
1: question about about the uh, the capsule.
0: Oh, okay. But, but go ahead. Okay. So, so here's the gist of it. All right. So this is this is the cover copy for The Swimmers by Julie Otsuka. The swimmers are unknown to one another except through their private routines. So, you know, who goes in the slow lane, the medium lane, the fast lane, and the solace each takes in their morning or afternoon laps. But when a crack appears at the bottom of the pool, they are cast out into an unforgiving world without comfort or relief. Uh, You know, I'm going to stop there. So basically, because
1: this is my question.
0: So it sounds like it's going to become some sort of magical thing. They don't, as far as I understand, they don't go out through the, the crack in the pool. The pool closes. Okay, that's what I was we, wondering. Yeah, yeah. I found that confusing when I first read the well, copy I mean, as well. I found it
1: more more like beguiling than confusing. Because like I want to know what this means because like it could it has multiple possible interpretations because I'm sort of interpreting it as they've been swimming like nonstop 24 hours a day and suddenly (laughs) have to go back out into the real world. I mean, like, come on, that, that that's like like a pretty cool magical realism premise, right?
0: Well, so I the reason that I was drawn to this book, not only because someone whose taste I trust recommended it, but also I know a lot of people who uh, have taken up swimming in cold water. Oh, wow. Do, do you have friends who've done this as well?
1: No, I took up swimming like right before the pandemic started and haven't. No, I did go one time during a lull. But uh, and I would like to go back, but not not cold water, not warm water either. Like it's got to be like like the right level of lukewarm.
0: (laughs) Okay. Well, anyway, um, I have a number of friends who've taken up cold water swimming in the winter, and I have a student who's written quite a bit about swimming um, in the writing group that I lead. Anyway. I was really interested to see somebody use the theme of swimming in a novel mm-hmm. and especially the idea of like when the routine that you sort of cling to for normalcy is taken away yes. like what happens. So anyway, the book has just come out. I'm still waiting for my copy. It is called The Swimmers by Julie Otsuka.
1: I'm I am excited like I, I I agree that like that uh, this doesn't sound like the kind of book that I would normally pick up, but I trust your recommendation and I want to know what, what about more about this crack in the pool.
0: Yeah. Maybe it'll maybe there'll be like a children's version of this book in which they do go through the crack and they come out on the other side and there's like an ice queen and there's uh there's a fawn.
1: hmm Yeah.
0: You know, like a lion the witch and the crack in the pool.
1: Yes. The Lion the Witch and the Kraken. Wait, maybe the <laughs> crack in the pool is a Kraken.
0: Maybe so. I think Julie Otsuka is gonna be horrified if she ever hears this. And hopefully she won't. I mean except right. except
1: for the part where we where we suggested that people buy her book, which is all any okay. author cares about, so
0: <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> thank you for listening to the show. Thank you, Kenji Lopez-Alt, for being our guest today. Thank
1: you, Abby Circatella, for being our producer and uh, and muddling through the uh, the massive interview and non-interview segments uh, that we gave her this week.
0: Mm-hmm. If you want to chat with other Spilled Milk listeners, you can on our subreddit. It is reddit.com slash r slash Milk.
1: And until next time, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk. The show that uh, <laughs> that went into the crack that opened up in your in your ear, which is your ear hole, and
0: and and we got reduced and came out as as oyster sauce from your other ear.
1: <laughs> yeah, you've probably been wondering why why a very savory paste has been coming out of it's one of your ears, and your now ear. <laughs> now we've got the explanation for you. You're welcome.
0: Remember, don't waste the paste. Don't
1: waste the paste, but do taste the paste. I'm Matthew Amsterburton.
0: <laughs> I'm Molly Weisenberg. Well, I'm Molly. Because
1: it, it seems like the mummy... Oh, oh sorry. I was going to continue talking about mummies.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, I... Oops. I need to silence my phone.
1: <laughs> Reese's
0: Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So...